This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. Father, we thank you so much for this time together, uh, just around your table, sharing your word. Father, such a precious gift that you've given us to share tonight. And Father, this word is life to us. It's, it is uh, refreshing to us. It's encouragement, Father. And I pray that everyone receives exactly what they need to hear tonight. We thank you for it and commit this time into your hands in Jesus' name. Amen. I love the scriptures on healing, they have been such a uh, wonderful part of my life for so many years. And it's just so exciting for me to get to share one of my favorites tonight. It's from Isaiah 53. As we approach the uh, Easter, it's in a few couple of months, it'll be here just before you know it. <laughs> and uh, I think it's a good time for us to begin focusing on what was accomplished for us during that time. It's actually my favorite celebration of the, uh, the whole year. I love Easter because it's just such a victory uh, celebration of everything that Jesus accomplished for us. So we're going to look into Isaiah 53 extensively tonight. Uh, you should have a little handout, and it has some uh, two little different versions of Isaiah 53 on it, and I think it's going to really, as we study it tonight, I believe it's going to enlighten you some areas, but take it home with you and look over it again in the weeks ahead to get this really implanted into your heart so that we... Um, so that you have just a firm foundation of what all that Jesus has accomplished for us. And healing is such a huge part of that. So um, it's just a, uh, a good thing to do, to keep before you often. And go back to the Isaiah 53, 3 through 5 especially, and study and uh, get it deep in your heart. Um, it's a good place to learn about the complete work of redemption um, the word redemption, it means a repurchase of a capt captured prisoner or captive stuff or goods. But for us, it would be the captive prisoner. The enemy had, had us captive, and Jesus set us free. He redeemed us from, uh, from bondage of the enemy. And uh, I know that I was. I know before uh, I got saved, there came a time in my life, I, I received the Lord when I was um, 26, but there came a time in my life I really wanted to serve God. I just thought, I just want to serve him, and I would really try, <laughs> and I couldn't. I've, I've failed because I didn't have life in me, and it took me receiving the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior, and I received that life, and I began to be able to live the Christian life and follow his word, and the word became life to me, so that's the first step, being born again, and that's, that's certainly, that it's certainly a part of... Um, Easter, a part of uh, the time of that we celebrate the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. So um, that's the first step, of course. But we were delivered from bondage, a bondage of our, you know, our lives. Uh, just the enemy directed our footsteps. You know, Jesus told some people, "You are of your father, the devil," and and that's the truth. It's a hard thing to. Admit, but we were of our father, the devil. And, uh, but thank God we got set free uh, when we received Jesus as Lord. But we, can't, we don't need to stop there. There's so much more that he provided in redemption. There's so much more that he wants us to partake of. He paid an awesome price. And I think as we study Isaiah 53 tonight that you will see the price a little bit clearer. Um, <clears throat> in uh, 
as we look at Isaiah, we need to know that he was a prophet of God, and a prophet was prophet was someone that um, the Lord gave messages to, that told about events or the future. Uh, in the, in the book of Samuel, they were it was mentioned that they were called seers because they saw things. They could have a vision, or the Lord would just reveal something. God would just reveal something to them, and they were able to share that knowledge with people to help them and bless them and to give uh, a picture of what was going to happen on down the road. And this, this that Isaiah got in Isaiah 53 was uh, just a very uh, broad picture of Jesus and what he was going to accomplish. It, it tells about many, many features of his redemption for us. He was our substitute. He was our deliverer of uh of all kinds of evil that the enemy planned for our lives. But um, we are so blessed to have this knowledge of what Jesus did so we can live this, so we can partake of everything that he did for us. But if, if you will look at your piece of paper, that I think you have the, uh, the handout at Isaiah 53, 3 and 5. We, this is out of the New King James Version. And I'm going to take this pretty slow because I want to talk talk about different different facets of it to give you a broader picture of exactly what Jesus went through for us because of his love for mankind. Um, <clears throat> verse 1, uh, verse 3 says, He is despised and rejected of men. Okay, this, the Isaiah prophet was, uh, pro prophet Isaiah was seeing this. He is despised and rejected of men, of man of sorrows or pains, and he was acquainted with grief or sickness. Um, you think about he was he is despised and rejected of men. He was a man. He was a, a the spotless man. He was a God. He was God, but he was man. He was true man and he was true God. He was the son of David after the flesh. So he experienced feelings. He experienced emotion. He had emotion and he felt things, but he was despised. Can you think about being despised all the time? Despised actually is a very, uh, it's a hateful word. It just means um, there was just a disgust. They disgusted him. The religious people disgusted Jesus. They just didn't think he was from God at all. And they had this attitude about him that he couldn't do anything right. And they probably scowled at him. And I know, we know from reading scriptures that the religious people really expressed such hatred. But he was despised. So, uh, and rejected. Have you, have you ever been rejected anywhere <laughs> by anyone? That hurts. It's a painful thing. And Jesus experienced that. He experienced rejection. And as we read on, he was a man of sorrows, of pains. And he, he knew what it was like to feel pain. His heart hurt. And that rejection causes, can cause a lot of, of emotional pain and heartache. So he experienced these things. He was the sinless man, but it didn't say he was a man that walked without emotion. It didn't say that he was a man that felt nothing. He was like a zombie. No, he was a man, like a human being like you and I, that felt these things, and he, he experienced them, and he was able to identify 
uh, with people who were going through similar situations. But he was, but he was acquainted with, with grief or sickness. That word means sickness. These little parentheses, is as I studied back into original text, and I saw the, Greek, the, the Hebrew meanings of these words to help clear, you know, make it a little bit clearer. But um, everywhere he went, the majority of his ministry on this earth was healing the sick. So he saw it all. He saw every sickness you could imagine. He saw horrible things that um, were just incur incurable, things that crippled, things that, that caused the people just to be uh, deformed. I mean, he saw it all, and he was acquainted with that. He walked in that all the time, surrounded by it. And it says, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him, being hiding their faces uh, just meant that they would turn away. They didn't want to. They didn't want to even acknowledge that he was, uh, you know, just had any value at all. They did not respect. They did not value him. Now he did have. The Bible says the common people heard him gladly. So he had people that would come to him and loved him. But we were talking. This is talking about how the religious people, the the Jewish people that were that were the uh, you know those who were supposedly knowledgeable in the laws of God treated him because they did not see him as who he was, the son of God. They did not see him as the Messiah. He kept relating to them who he was, and he revealed who he was by the works he did, but they just kept refusing him and rejecting him and rejecting him. So he, he, was, he lived with that. Here again, he says he, would dis, he was despised. So it said it again. So this is something that, that, that the Lord wanted us to know, that Jesus went through these things. Not, you know, not so he could just walk a walk on this earth. It was all for us. Everything he did, he took for us so that we could walk free in this world, be redeemed from all of these horrific things that the enemy brings against mankind. They said we did not esteem him. That, mean that, they, that meant that they had no value, did not respect him at all. But verse 4 says, surely he has borne or lifted, that word lifted in the Hebrew is born means lifted, our griefs or our sickness and carried our sorrows, our pains. And we know that, again, that, that means emotional pains, that means brokenheartedness because we see in Scripture and uh, in Psalms that he says he heals the brokenhearted. So uh, he does not want us to live with a broken heart. He wants us to be free from emotional trauma and emotional, mental even, anguish. This is what Jesus went through all of this for. It was for our freedom and our redemption. He was a substitute for us. <clears throat> it says, surely he has borne our, our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him or reckoned him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. So that's how they looked at him. They thought God was punishing him when, he, when they saw him... Uh, go to the cross and be crucified, they thought, oh, he's got God's punishment here. He's finally got what he deserved. That's how they looked at it. They thought he, God was striking him down. Verse 5, but he was wounded or pierced through for our transgressions. He was bruised or crushed for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace or our well-being was upon him. And by his stripes, the blows that cut in, we are healed. We are healed. Thank God. Thank God for healing. He not only did what he did 
so that we could have eternal life with him. But he did what he did so as when we walked this earth that we wouldn't have to walk in sickness and disease and, and being debilitated and being, uh, just not being able to function in life. We know that if those things have come upon us, they don't belong upon us. We have been purchased. We have been redeemed by God, purchased back from the, from the torments of the enemy, purchased back from his bondage, purchased back from uh, Satan's cruelty. He's not to be a master over us. We have one master, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ, and he's good. He is a good master. He is good. He does only good. So that's who we need to acknowledge in, in the scripture, knowing that this is he paid a price for us to be free, not only our sins forgiven, but our, our bodies healed as well. I want to look at uh, Isaiah 53, 3 and 5 in uh, Isaac Leeser's Old Testament. He's from back in the 1800s, but I, I love some of his wording here too. Some of it's repetitive, but uh, I wanted to read this. He was a, uh, an American Jewish rabbi. And his translation of the Old Testament is from the traditional readings of the Hebrew scriptures. So this is as close as you can get to how the Jews would, would read the scripture. <clears throat> he said, he was despised and shunned by men, a man of pains and acquainted with disease. And as one who hid his face from us, he was despised and we esteemed him not, but only our diseases did he bear himself and pains he carried while we indeed esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. Yet he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and through his bruises was healing granted to us. That's the phrase I really wanted to emphasize out of this translation. Healing was granted to us. A grant is given without pay. You don't have to pay for a grant. It's just given to you. So you don't have to earn healing. There's nothing you can do to... Uh, you know, cause, okay, I've got to do all this stuff so that I can, I can have healing. No, Jesus has accomplished it for us. You don't have to pay for it. You don't have to do anything to earn it. It's, it's just a gift. It's a gift. God has gifted us with healing. Gifts are free. You probably got a gift at Christmas maybe, or if, if not this Christmas, sometime you had a gift. And it was up to you. It had your name on it. It's up to you to take it and open it up and enjoy it. That's how healing is. It's, it's gifted to us. It's a gift from God. So what, we, what is our position, our place to do is, is to take it and receive that from him and, um, and enjoy the benefits of, of that beautiful uh, provision that Jesus paid such an awesome price for. Uh, the blows that cut in, the, the, the stripes on his back, it was something. He didn't have to do that for our redemption as far as our souls, our spirits. That was on the cross. When he hung on the cross, he bore our sins and iniquities and carried our, uh, you know, our sins. But going to the cross, he was, he was scourged. He went through the whipping and uh, it was horrible, horrible um, experience. Uh, we can't even fathom it. There's no way that we can conceive it unless you've witnessed something like that. And it, it was, it was a, a very grievous thing to experience. And I know Jesus took it willingly. He yielded to that. 
and um, we need to respect it and honor it and value it with that thought in mind, the price that was paid for our healing. Uh, Ephesians 2, 4 and 5, you think, why would, why, would the, why would God do this? You know, why would he do this for us? We wondered, Joy mentioned last week about how much he loves us. This is an explanation right here as well in Scripture. In Ephesians uh, 2, 4 and 5, it says, But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. The word great love, because of his great love, that word great is a word from a Greek word, megas. So can you figure out what that is? <laughs> mega, mega love. Huge, overwhelming great love he has for us that he sent his son his beloved son to die for us to bear our sins so that we might have eternal life but also to have stripes and wounds placed upon his back so that we might have healing can you can you just just i don't know what i can't find a word for how amazing that is that he loved us that much that he would want to bear that for us. And Jesus willingly laid his life down. He wasn't forced to do it. He willingly laid his life down. And that's because his love for us is just as the Father's, so great. And he did that so we might be free from all the, the sickness, the disease, the, the stuff that's out here in this world that, uh, you know, medicine sometimes can't even... Uh, can't even do anything about it but we have a God who has made a way for us his kids that he loves so much to be free and I want and Joy and Derek as well when we teach in here we want so much to present that in a way that you can see that it, it can be had by each of us to enjoy and walk in and uh, bring glory to God in because that's what it does. It brings glory to God when we receive our healing. It does. He's, and he, I know he has to get so excited about it because, ah, somebody's taking this. My son pays such a price, and somebody is taking it. <clears throat> there had to be a sacrifice, the, the, the perfect lamb of God, uh, Jesus Christ, uh, was that pure, spotless lamb, and he, he laid down his life so that he, we could be saved. But the word save, uh, I've written some, uh, the definition of the word save, which is the, the Greek word sozo. You may have heard of it if you've been in uh, teaching, Bible teaching classes previously. But the word save, sozo, means to save, heal, cure, preserve, keep safe and sound, rescue from danger or destruction, and deliver. So the one word that we can connect with our, our uh, spiritual of salvation is saved. The rest of it has to do with what we're dealing with now. So, so that is that is multiplied to show how much that that He has provided for us to cure 
any disease that you have, to to deliver us from any disease that we have, to or you know any kind of sickness. It may not be a disease; it just may be some kind of malady that comes upon us for for a, a season. That but he doesn't want us to even have to bear that and walk in you know walk in that. So everything that he he says in the word saved or sozo has to do with our our life here, our physical bodies. He's, it's, it's over and over, heal, cure, preserve, keep safe and sound, rescue from danger or destruction, and deliver. So um, there it is. That's what he did. With his great love, he's, he did this for us. By, by his grace, we are saved. So that's what that word means too. So don't forget that. It's part of his, his uh, provision for us, his deliverance, his redemption. All of these are included these these uh, this verbiage that that is that was this written here is included in in the gift of salvation and it's the gift of salvation includes the gift of healing it's all in the it's all in the same package you get it all together it's just like okay somebody comes to the lord and receives him as lord and savior all right they they receive salvation and um so okay i'm going to heaven that's wonderful. That's the most important thing, of course. But, but having the healing that we, we, that's provided for, not only healing, but, but all of these other uh, verbs in here, the, uh, the, you know, the, the ad adjectives, the things that, that express things for our life, I mean, they include us having the ability to fight a fight of faith to walk in victory, to use our authority, to use the name of Jesus. It's all so huge. It takes more teaching on that. But I just, to put it all in a package of salvation, uh, he gave us a way to walk in victory here. He said, I've, I've, I've come that you might have life. Life includes all of that. Uh, and just, you know, it just, Everything within me, I just want to want people to know that they don't have to let the let the devil rule over them. They don't ha let, have to let the devil uh, have a victory over their life or cause them to walk in any kind of defeat at all, uh, because it's it's been provided for. So, I mean, I don't want to get to heaven and him say, you know what, I had all these things and you just didn't partake of them on, uh, on the earth because they're all in the scripture. They're all here for us. And when we find it in scripture, it's ours. When we find it in scripture and instruction or something that we need to do, he will give us the ability to do it. He's just absolutely done everything he needs to do for us uh, to be successful in this life. That's what the word prosperous means. It means success. It means reaching a goal successfully. And so he wants us to prosper and be in health, the Bible says, even as our soul prospers. So, you know, if, if you're not there, stir yourself up. Stir yourself up with this word and say, I'm getting this. I'm going to have this. I'm tired of living down here when God wants me to live up here. And uh, we, we are rich in God. And I, I remember our sweet little Corey Ten Boone. We love reading after her. She said, live as rich as you are in God. So um, that's what I'm telling you tonight. <laughs> Live as rich as you are in God. It is a rich, rich inheritance he's given us. He tells us that we are to rule and reign in our domain. That means I don't rule over George or I don't rule over, over Mickey. I don't rule over Tamara, but I can rule in my life. And my ruling is, devil, you're not allowed. Sickness come on me, you're not allowed. 
You have no right or authority over my body. I am the temple of God, and you cannot have your way in me. I have healing provided. It's been a gift, and I take that gift. I opened it, and I am enjoying it. <laughs> I, I enjoy healing immensely. God has been so faithful to me. He has taken care of me for so many years. And I can stand before you not, not patting myself on the back, but lifting this word up to you and say, this works. It works. Day in and day out, it'll work. And it will be there for you to bring you through every, every physical thing that the enemy would try to put. But know that Jesus defeated the enemy. He made a show of him openly, the Bible says, triumphing over him in the cross that we're talking about tonight. He triumphed over the enemy. And he said, you may not reign over my people. We've been taken out of his kingdom, his authority, and placed into the kingdom of God's dear son. So let's use our faith. Let's use our, our authority. Let's use the name of Jesus and put the devil in his place. The Bible says we are seated together with Christ. That means that positionally in, in Ephesians, positionally we are seated with him. What does that mean? That means that we have the authority to use on this earth that Jesus did when he walked this earth. So God wants us to be stirred up and our faith to grow. You know, the Bible says, when he returns, will he find faith on the earth? And you need to raise your hand and say, yes, sir, you will right here. I'm going to be one. If I'm not at that place right now that I'm pleased with my faith, I'm going to make it to where it's pleasing to you, Lord. I'm going to grow. I'm going to study this word. I'm going to exercise myself. I mean, exercise this word. I'm going to step out and do what the word tells me to do and use my faith every day. Several years ago, <clears throat> I had a young woman. She started working at our church, and she didn't know a lot about the things of God. She loved the Lord, and she loved her Bible, but she didn't know about faith. And I began to spend some time with her. And uh, at that time... <clears throat> I just, I encouraged her, I said, use your faith every day. It's simple. You can use your faith every day. And you know she grabbed hold of that, and she is strong, she is strong in faith now because she used it. It's like a muscle. If you never use it, it gets, it gets weak, and it can't do a lot. Use your faith muscle every day on something. You know, believe God for something every day. It doesn't have to be a, a possession that you... You know, you hold in your hands, but it can be strength. Lord, I need strength today, and I ask you for strength, and I believe I receive strength. Thank you, Lord. Or I need some peace, Lord. I ask for your peace or wisdom. And just use the, you know, on things like that to make life more pleasant and more victorious. You know, at the end of the day, we should be able to look back at it and be pleased with, okay, I believe I pleased you, Lord. And that's, you know, not in pride in any way. We have to stay humble before God. But, you know, I don't want to look at my life and go, and I've done that before. I thought, hmm, I didn't do so good today. Forgive me, Lord. And there's always that, and we are thankful that we can repent. But let's, I think we can grow. That's one of the things that, that we've wanted to do is to, to grow, to to press on to the mark for the prize of the high calling of God, to go up higher with God, to know him better, to know him more to be closer to him. He's so wonderful. And he enjoys answering his word. He enjoys watching over it and performing it for your life. Oh, it gives him such pleasure.
The Bible says in Hebrews 11:6, it's impossible to please God without faith. So we need to use our faith all the time for little things, for bigger things. If you need a need met that's bigger than just, you know, like I said, a, a piece or a strength or something, and those things can be very big sometimes. But just know that he will watch over his word and he will perform it for your life. The Bible says that, and that's he's faithful. He will do what his, his word says. And you always have to, to have this as your foundation, and uh, he will honor this. You believe him here out of this book. None of that was in my notes, but I'm glad it came out. <laughs> so, uh, but I love, I love healing. I just am so thankful for it. There's so much of, of the things of God that I love, but I love healing. So appreciate it because I know Jesus did such a, paid such a price. Valuable, valuable price. Uh, let's look. I do have Matthew, Matthew 8, 16 and 17 written in your notes. And this is just Jesus fulfilling Isaiah 53. It says, When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. So Jesus was walking this out. He was fulfilling this, uh, the prophecy of Isaiah. And then 1 Peter 2, 24. Peter, looking back, because he, he was witness to the, to the crucifixion, he said, Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, the cross, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes or wounds you were healed. So he put it in the past tense. It was accomplished. Jesus isn't going to go back to a cross. Our sins have been forgiven, and our sicknesses have been healed. So... Um, that's a subtle fact. Now and forever, until we leave this planet, it's done. And uh, we, can, we, can ha we can use our faith to receive everything where he, that, that he provided for. It's a finished work. Sin's forgiven, and Jesus' uh, sickness is healed. John 10.10 10. says the thief, let me turn to it because I don't have the whole scripture written here. I'll read the whole scripture to you. <clears throat> it says the thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. The thief, of course, is the devil, and he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's, his, that's what he does. If it's the devil is, you know, <laughs> he's doing something, he's doing one of these three things or maybe all three. Um, but Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and that you have it more abundantly. It's an overabundance. It's more, more life than you need, actually. It's just a, <clears throat> that's just how he does is when he, when he's, when he, uh, uh, he told uh, Peter to throw his net in the, in the uh, lake to catch the fish, uh, you know, there's so many fish, they be, the boat began to sink. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that the Lord knew how many fish the boat would hold, but he just overabundantly, this is just how he is. He just, he's so abundant in everything he does. <clears throat> but life, he gave life. Uh, that, li that word life is a, 
a Greek word zoe, which means eternal life spiritually, but quality of physical life now. And that's what we need now. Thank God we're going to heaven. I'm so excited. I'm think, I think about my mansion all the time. I know it has a front porch with rockers. And, I, mean, I, do. I just love to think about my, front, my, my, my mansion because I know it's going to be a lot, a lot of enjoyment there, but we all will have those things. But now is when we need the quality of life to, you know, our physical bodies well and whole. You know, as we grow older, we need to believe God for the renewing of our youth. And it doesn't mean we're going to all start looking 25 again. I wish that were the case, but we're not. But our physical bodies can be refreshed and restored with newness and and you know that your that your joints still work real good, but you have to speak these things over and believe God for that. You have to speak these things over your life, and and speak uh, that your youth is renewed like the eagles. I like what the the Amplified Bible says: my, a youth renewed like the eagles, strong, overcoming, and soaring. My desire and my personal need at my of my situation. So is what if we need something if our you know, if we're a little creaky, then we need to, as we get older, we need to believe God. Okay, uh, I believe you, Lord. I ask for that renewing. I have that scripture. We have a scripture. We have a scripture that your new youth renewed like the eagles. That's out of Psalm uh, 103. Our youth renewed like the eagles. We can receive that. And that's what our package is all about. Our gift It's receiving it. It's taking it. And, and, uh, that's taken with our faith, believing this word and say, okay, I believe this, and I take that. I receive that. I receive my youth renewed like the eagles. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God, that my, my joints are moving freely, that I'm not stiff, that I don't have pain and the, you know discomfort, all of those things. Those are things that are in the package. Those are things that God provided with our healing. It's not just like, okay, there's a sickness that's coming on you that we need to resist, and we do need to do that. But all these other blessings, if you find it in the Scripture, take it. Receive it for your life. Your life will be so much richer, and that's what Jesus wants. He wants to be there for us day in and day out <clears throat> to bring that um, just refreshing for our bodies and our, and our souls and healing for everything that we've had pain with, you know, just like I said, even even things that the enemy tried to come against you mentally and try to kind of, you know, bother you there. As you get older, I mean, the, you have to stand for everything. I'm telling you, you have to say no to things that are negative that the enemy wants to put on you. You tell him no. I'm not having that. This body is the temple of God. Jesus has healed me. He's provided this for me. I do not have it. It's called the fight of faith. The fight of faith. And you, it's a good fight. This is the fight we win. And it's a fight that brings so many wonderful, wonderful blessings to our lives. Uh, it's just the most exciting life. Living the Christian life is the most exciting life that anybody could ever even think about living. I'm so thankful that he loved me enough to send Jesus to die for me and give me salvation and heal this body so that I could walk all my days in a good place with him and be physically able to do everything that he has called me to do. And each one of you, each one of you need that to fulfill what God has for you to do, whatever that might be. It's good. God is so good. The Bible says that he, he gives good things to those who ask, and healing is a good, good thing. That's in Matthew 7, 
11. And then Mark 11:24. This is the the new uh, mean the living the living translation. I had never read this before and I really really like it. I love Mark 11:24. Period. But this just says whatever you pray and ask, and of course we know we're asking according to scripture. We find it in the scripture, we can ask because it's been provided for us. Believe that you have received it and it will be yours. That's so simple. God didn't make the word difficult. He didn't make it complicated. He even talks about the simplicity of the gospel. It's just taking it for your own, receiving it, giving glory to God, knowing that you will have it. It doesn't mean that you received, I mean, that you will see it right at that moment that you ask. But if you believe you receive it, it will be yours. God starts to work the minute you believe you use your faith and receive the promise, receive your healing. We've seen scriptures in Isaiah in Matthew and 1 Peter 2.24 that, that says healing belongs to you. It has been accomplished for you. It's been given to you. So we take it with our faith. We receive it. That's what taking and receiving are interchangeable. Same word. You take it by faith saying, I receive that. Thank you, Lord. I know them. It will be mine. That's God's part. Our part is the believing. God's part is... Okay, it's going to be put in your, in your uh, body. It's, you know, it's, it's, I'm at work already as, as faith is extended. Uh, reach, you, know, you reach out to him and lay hold on it. Lay hold on what you need and take it by faith. You don't see it at that moment, but you will. You just stay thanking God and you stay giving glory to God and you keep your focus on that word. Don't look at your symptoms and don't go, oh, I don't know what's going on here. Don't do that. Ignore it. Ignore it. And God will be able to move for you in a marvelous way because you're not looking at those things. You're looking at him and his word, which is true. This is truth right here. So that's such a peaceful place. The Bible talks about those who have believed have entered into rest. Resting is a, a place of not concern, not worry, not not anxiety, not frustrating, not just overwhelmed with, um, you know, just fear. Resting is peace. It's sitting on my porch in heaven rocking. That's what resting is. It's like, ooh, this is nice. So, so do that with your little mind's eye. Like, I'm just rocking. I'm resting in you. I'm trusting you. You're doing all the work. I'm sitting here just rejoicing in your faithfulness, rejoicing in your word, rejoicing that Jesus bore my, my, my sickness, he bore my pain, he lifted it off of me, and I'm free, and I am going to just enjoy it all because it's such a marvelous provision that you have given me, Lord, and I thank you so much. Just a lot of thanksgiving. We are to abound in thanksgiving, and uh, that should be one of the first things you say in the morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Just He's with us. He never leaves us or forsakes us. It just came to me the other day as I was quoting that scripture. Thank you, Lord. You never leave us or forsake us. And it just came to my thoughts. And I'll never leave you either. I'll never leave you, Lord. I love you too much. So many people, the Bible says, in the end time will walk away. Mm -mm, not us. <laughs> we love him. 
We appreciate what he's done. He paid a price. I just want to fit a few little minutes uh, before we shut it down. I have about five, four, three, two, one minute. <laughs> Derek, do I have a minute? Uh, talking about, I think we need to see this and think about what Jesus did when he went to the to the scourging place, the whipping place where he he ha he had the stripes placed upon his back. And those stripes were not just a little, you know, just a little strip across his back. This is a Roman scourge. It was horrible and a cruel instrument. And it was a punishment that was very relentless and merciless. And and these Roman soldiers, you know, they had to be strong. They, I mean, they just their armor alone was, you know, 100 pounds. So they were strong men. And they beat him and beat him and beat him and beat him and beat him. And that was for your healing. That was for our healing. We need to honor that. We need to respect that. We need to be so thankful for what he did for us. He didn't have to do that. He didn't have to. But he yielded that because he loves us so much. So I just thought that we need to consider that too. So often we rush past those things because they're painful to read in Scripture. You know, when it gets to you know, talks about in the Gospels, it starts talking about him being taken to the judgment hall and being how he was treated. I, I, it's hard for me to read. And I tell him every time I read it, I'm so sorry my sin did that to you, Lord. I'm so sorry. And we need to really grasp what he did for us and respect him and honor him and enjoy what he wants us to enjoy because such a great price was paid for our healing. Thank you, Father. Oh, thank you, Father, for sending Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for what you did so willingly, laying down your life, not only that we might live with you forever. You wanted a family, and you made a way for us to be in your family here on this earth, but we have eternity with you. But, Lord, what you provided for us as we walk on this earth, you knew what we would need you knew that we would need healing. You knew that we would need to be able to deal with the enemy and put him in his place, Father. We thank you, Lord God, that, that Jesus defeated him. And as we stand in that victory that Jesus got for us, Father, we will see the enemy put on the run every time. And sickness and disease and the torments that he has planned for us will not come about because we stand in faith trusting you. And we thank you, Father God, that you will always cause us to triumph in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.